0: All right, everybody. Welcome. Colin, how you doing?
1: Doing good. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to have you. Uh, my voice is still a little shot from my daughter's wedding this weekend, so I'm still recovering, but hopefully uh, make it through here. So really excited to have Colin Mitchell with us today. He's the managing partner at Ledium. We've got a great title topic, which is how outbound sales is broken and what works today. So certainly something that uh, everybody could use. Uh, We're sponsored by Convertive, who's the sales and marketing tech stack consulting sponsor of sales community. Great, great company for sure. And uh, for those that are members of sales community, thanks. For those that are not, uh, Tucker will uh, put up a link. You can do uh, salescommunity.com slash winterfree. So get a lot lot of great access to uh, content, chats, uh, podcasts, and things like this. And uh, as always, Tucker, thanks for your help uh, behind the scenes. So by way of introduction, Colin uh, lives in the San Fran area in Danville. He's got four kids, two, five, seven, and nine. I saw some of your cool posts about your nine-year-old playing soccer. So really cool there. And uh, interests besides work and family are running and swimming. So you can tell, uh, obviously, by looking at him, he's
1: he's nice and fit. So uh, those those two have done uh, really well for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get to spend as much. Uh, I don't have a ton of free time with, with four kids. So I get in, get it in when I yeah. can. <laughs> Enjoy it.
0: Before you know it, they're out, of, out of the house. Trust me. So great, great times. Special ages there, uh, there for sure. So I think we, we first met through Jesse and uh, Salescast that we have actually do the rebroadcast of this. But certainly was in, impressed with Colin in terms of. Uh, Kind of his thought process, go to market. You know, a lot lot of great ideas that he has on uh, outbound. So, look forward to getting into those. And uh, jumping into the questions here. So, um, uh, you actually your path did not after
1: high school did not start with college. So, um, maybe tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I was I was raised by a single mom, um, four boys. uh, Big age gap between me and my brothers, about ten years. And so, uh, you know, my mom did the best she could to pay the bills, keep food on the table. And, uh, there, you know, I was a little bit of a troubled young adult. So college wasn't necessarily in the cards for me. Uh, my first job was, you know, lugging around furniture, sort of living check to check. And then um, when I got my first sales job, I knew that that was uh, sort of my way out to, you know, live a better life. There you go. And what was your first sales job? it was your typical boiler room, uh, you know, sales environment, um, you know, pounding the phones. Um, tr- it w- we were selling products, it products mainly into school districts. Um, and it was just a lot of phone calls every day and you know, I didn't have any fancy skills or experience or anything like that. It was just brute force, you know, hard work. Uh, first one into the office every day, uh, last one to leave every day, coming in on the weekends to get my, you know, list ready and send out proposals.
0: Awesome. So do you think you're, I'd say part of the younger generation, certainly compared to, to, uh, my cohort, do you think some of that's been
1: lost these days? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I think with, and and I think even with more and more people working remote or from home, um, you lose a lot of that, you know, learning through osmosis of just being around in the in the sales, you know, bullpen. Um, you know, there's tools and technology, obviously, but it's not the same. Um, you know, we even at Lidium you know, had remote SDRs, you know, previously, and found that having an office, you know, people can be can ramp a lot faster, um, can learn things a lot quicker, um, and ultimately just drive, you know, uh, better productivity and results.
0: Yeah. So besides being in face to face, though, just the 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 work ethic, right? I mean, I, I work with some teams, and you see, you know, some some people are on it, but other ones they just like check out for the weekend, which I I, I don't get.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's it, you know, I think it's an individual. Is it a, a generational thing? I don't know. May, maybe, um, but I think that you know. There's a lot there is a, a transition where I'll just say it, maybe people are a little bit softer these days.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you also too, right? Company cultures, too, right? I've got, you know, friends, you can't kind of lean in and coach and give feedback like they used to, because oh, you know, sorry, we're gonna ruffle their feathers or we're we gonna upset them. I mean, it's really it's almost a goofy world these days.
1: Yeah. And there's some people that perform better with that sort of, you know, call it tough love sort of coaching, mentoring.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Anyway. Um, so, tell us more about Leadium.
1: Yeah, so we're a uh, outsourced, you know, SDR company. Um, been doing it for almost ten years. I mean, lots of not many agencies that have lasted that long. Um, even even less that have a, a good solid reputation. Most of the work is in you know B two B tech uh, companies for the most part. Some other industries as well, but everything B two B. Um, run full multi-channel outbound uh, and do that with a U.S.-based uh, SDR team. Awesome. And what type of companies do you have as uh, customers? Uh, anything from like early, you know, startups uh, to some of the largest tech companies that you know people are would think that they have an in-house team. It's not always, you know, do we outsource this function versus build it in-house? A lot of times, we run in parallel, you know, with an in-house team. Whether that's helping them break into a new market, whether that's um, you know maybe launching a new product line or service line, um, there's a lot of situations where outsourcing makes a lot more sense.
0: Well, that's great. And who are? Can you uh, mention any names of some of those larger tech
1: companies? Um. So, I mean, in the past, you know, uh, there's there's some of the bigger ones that we've worked with. A lot of those logos are on the website, you know. Um, uh, I'm actually fairly newer to the team. So I've only been there about 9 months. Uh, but I've known Kevin and Sergey, the co-founders, for, for a long time. Uh, I was actually a previous customer of Leadium. And um, you know, since their inception, uh, they actually started one of the largest sales agencies in our space and then started Leadium to be a little bit different, which is more of like a founder-led boutique agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a little bit more select of the type of clients that we bring on. Um, but, you know, since they've been in business, they've helped companies, you know, six companies IPO, they've um, helped companies raise over $7 billion in funding and lots of lots of accolades to kind of back up the results that they drive.
0: That's great. So in anything, uh, any special sauce or anything that's kind of unique and different for Ledium versus, you know, certainly it's you know, a somewhat crowded field with a lot of people that do this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a few things. Um the fact that they're more of a small boutique sales agency helps uh, deliver a better quality of service. Uh, in this business, there's kind of a, a threshold of when you get too big, it, it it's a little bit more challenging to manage people and delivery expectations for clients. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, most people are leaning towards the direction of leveraging AI um, and doing offshore or nearshore talent uh, to execute. So those are kind of some of the key big differences. Where it's a fully U.S.-based SDR team out of Las Vegas office. Um, we definitely use AI tools for research and data and so on, um, but we do not use AI for any like copywriting or scripts or emails or anything like that. That's all written, you know, by program managers that have five, you know, ten years or even you know one of the co-founders um, that does a lot of the uh, sequence writing.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. Cool. And uh, I don't know if you can divulge, but any um, kind of tools in particular that you use in your uh, kind of tech stack?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say Apollo's kind of the 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 backbone of 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 what we do for clients. We're able to create um, you know unique environments for each of the clients. It's pretty friendly in 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 that regard. Um, And you know what we've seen is. Before you used to get a lot of conversions over email and that's changed uh, pretty drastically. It doesn't mean you can't be successful with email today and outbound, um, but it's definitely changed a lot. And so we've seen that the phone is the most powerful channel for conversions. We can get you know uh, almost immediate feedback of whether a value proposition is landing or not, um, whether the targeting is good or not. Um, that's one of the benefits of the phone. But also, um, the phone, when you have good tech, so we use a parallel dialer um, that integrates directly into Apollo and sends all that data back to the CRM of the client. Um, oops. And, and the, the, the kind of the secret sauce to having really good success on the phone uh, is also your data. So relying on one data provider isn't sufficient. Uh, We're typically using two or three different data providers to make sure that we're getting a good resolution on direct dial[s] and mobiles uh, before we're loading that up, you know, into a call sequence.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll do a talk offline with two sponsors with the sales community. If you know, uh, phone ready leads, um, they kind of help you figure out kind of who has a more more likelihood of picking up, and then Modigi helps kind of consolidate a lot of the. Know, info from Apollo and Zoom Info for kind of making sure you have, you have the right contacts, but we can talk about that offline. So, um, getting to the title topic of how up on sales is broken and what works today. Um, so, I we were talking beforehand in terms of prioritizing what converts the best for cold outreach. Cold calling is fifty four percent, email twenty six percent, social twenty percent, and then and then some others. So. Um any uh kind of what are some of the tips and tricks or best practices around uh co calling and using the phone?
1: yeah, I mean we touched on it a little bit. I would say data data is big, so you know having um, being able to identify who picks up the phone and prioritize that channel for that prospect uh is you know can contribute to success on the phone um using multiple data sources so that you're getting, you know, a higher resolution on direct DOS and mobiles. For example, if you're using just one data provider, I don't want to You know, single any of them out because um, you know they all have this this issue. But if you're using one data provider, you're typically going to get about 300 mobile direct dials for every thousand prospects. If you're using two or three, um, you know you're you're going to increase that to six, seven, maybe even 800 direct dials or mobiles um, for every thousand prospects. So that alone is going to have more. success because you're going to have more direct dials and mobiles and then having the right technology in place. So not just, you know, smiling, dialing, or even using a click to dial or power dialer. Uh, I'm a fan of parallel dialers. Um, you know, they're going to, you know, call multiple people at once. Um, what that results in is typically anywhere from every 10 to 14 phone calls that you make, your SDR is having a conversation with one of your prospects. Um, now... Just getting those connects and conversations isn't enough to get the conversions. Um, so what do they do when they have them on the phone? Well, having good research that's done on those people before, um, whether that's what they talk about on social, where they're located, um, uh, you know depending on who you're calling into stuff from their 10k reports those are that's all stuff that AI can help you do research. Um, so it's key that you do your research before you load these lists up so you can have an impactful conversation once they actually pick up the phone.
0: Yeah so how many uh maybe kind of with your team how many conversations would they have a day
1: um so so our our uh business is a little bit unique right because an SDR isn't necessarily calling for one uh particular you know, client, they might be calling for two or three in a day, right? Um, And so they're doing different, you know, those ICPs could vary. Some could be more enterprise where they're not having a lot of conversations. uh, But when they do have conversations, you know, those are pretty high value conversations and typically longer. Um, But let's just say on average, if you're calling into like SMB mid-market, you know, if you're making, say, 200 dials, then you know every ten to fourteen phone calls you're going to be having a conversation with a prospect.
0: Okay, so then twenty. So that means fifteen to twenty conversations a day.
1: Yeah, per that would be, but that's not per day. So let's say that's you know uh, a third of a day, right? So that could be a third to a half of the day, depending on who you're calling. Um, and then from there, you would expect to convert, you know, a certain percentage of those. And then, you know, in our business, they would then move on to another account. Um, but let's just say you're a, operating with an in-house team and trying to uh, run a similar motion here. You know, if, you're, you, if you have good data and you're using good technology like a parallel dialer, um, you know, your reps could easily make four to 600 dials with that. Right. Um, how, how many and,
0: conversations a day on average? give or take on average?
1: Yeah, I would say every, every 10, percent So they could have 40 conversations if they put, you know, 40 dial, 400 dials in for the day.
0: Gotcha. And then if they do the re for the research angle, cause you're kind of, you're there and you're just kind of call, call, call. So how can you possibly read, you know, out of all of those, how can you possibly kind of do any research or getting any any information? Because let's say in your case, if you're targeting the 200, 300, 400, three hundred, four hundred, you're not going to research that. But say if I'm if I'm cold calling, all of a sudden I get you on the phone. Do you have things that then automatically pop up that kind of show any of that research information?
1: Correct. So you would do all the research in advance before you put it in. The same research that you would use for writing personalized emails, that you would use to personalize the script. Um, another nice hack too is is most of these platforms have a quick link, you know to either the CRM. They'll have a quick link to. Uh, you know the sales engagement platform, and then my personal favorite—they'll have a quick link to their LinkedIn profile as well. So I'm a big fan of—you know—you get that person on the phone, you pull up their LinkedIn profile, you're kind of—you know—see see who it is you're talking to in most cases, um, and then you also have any notes that you have, you know, from the research that was done previously as well. Okay. So, so my my favorites, which I answer the phone just just for sport, and. Yeah. Uh,
0: We'll get uh, uh like a, a Zoom info is probably one that calls calls probably the most. And then they have like no idea who I am or what I'm doing. And they'll go through, okay, how you doing? But you know, what's yeah, what's your will Talk about you one of the other companies. And um, I'll just say, okay, I, I'm not really a prospect, but yeah, I recommend, yeah, you know, go check out sales community, It'll probably help you in your sales skills next time before you yeah. get on the phone with somebody. Here's some stuff you might want to do, right? And I was yeah. come so close from kind of do, doing a post on LinkedIn, but I don't want to tell you know whoever it is, the poor person don't want to don't don't want to just dis- destroy them. So, um, so before we move on, any other thoughts around uh, cold calling?
1: No, I think that's uh, that covers you know a lot of the basics. Um, you know, may- maybe some of the people tuning in might have some questions at some point.
0: Well, yeah, so uh, great point. Thanks. So anybody uh, that is watching or uh, listening with us, feel free to chime in with any comments or any questions as well. Uh, or if you uh, know Colin, feel free to uh, roast him a little.
1: Uh, anyway, so now next, I'm always up for a good roasting.
0: There you go. All right, it's, it's out there. Um, all right, so uh, w- with emails, uh, certainly, you know, again, we we all get a bunch of stuff, and I always laugh. It's you know, kind of generic um, you know, versus personalized. So I imagine being, per, you know, personalizing
1: it is something that's, uh, crucial, right? Absolutely. I think, I mean, it's the only way to w- really win with, with email today. Um, and, you know, personalized doesn't mean, you know, hey, you know, uh, some AI tool found some, you know, icebreaker and injected it into a merge field. Yeah, definitely. And then, so what do you, how, you know, what are, Ways or kind of things that you recommend in terms of how to personalize? Um, I think social is a good one. So, um, you know, y- there's a couple, of, you know, it depends on there's a few things, right? I mean, number one is segmenting your data well, right? I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, is they try they want to email too many people. Um working you know really refining your list and segmenting it down as much as possible is going to help you so that you can easily personalize also you know make your messaging a little bit more relevant to that specific person could be uh maybe buyer intent data could be um uh you know something that they talk about on social could be a podcast that they recently went on it could be something you found in their 10k reports um You know, any maybe a blog, something like that. So you're looking for to segment down your list to make your messaging relevant, um, and then you're looking for something specific to personalize it to that individual. And those are all different places. Um, You know, one of my personal favorites depends on. You know, this doesn't work for everybody, um, but if you know who you're prospecting into, especially if it's an executive, a CRO, you know, um, you know. VP of marketing. Um, a lot of times, these people are fairly active on social. Uh, a lot of times, these people go on podcasts, maybe even have a podcast. Um, those are great nuggets. Um, you know, if you just go listen to it on 2x, you know, podcasts that they went on, you can grab some things there. Now, these aren't things that you can necessarily do at scale, but some of the most effective things that you can do are the things that you can't really do at scale, and those are the things that are going to break through the noise. Everybody's just got lots of competition in the inbox, um, not to mention uh, you know the challenges of even scaling email up with if you can you know not get caught by the spam filters.
0: Oh yeah, so that's a good point there. So what's the latest now on the uh, spam filters Because it seems like more and more people are leaning toward calling versus email because you know if you're at you know kind of whatever company, if you're doing kind of too many, too much, you kind of get put in jail and then therefore everybody else at the company with the same domain kind of gets put in jail, right? Oh, Con, are uh, you there?
1: Hello. Colin? Yep. All right.
0: I can hear you. Can you hear us? Colin. Mm.
1: Cannot hear you. Um. Ah, I lost you there for a second.
0: Okay. You're back. I can I can hear you, can't see you, but oh. don't worry, I see your water bottle. I think you gotta turn the phone <laughs> okay, around. One second. There we go. Sorry, everybody. Good question here from Bapinder. So Bapinder was uh, recently a gong and consider him an awesome resource. So anybody who needs uh, help uh, on their uh, operations side, especially partnering, uh, Bipinder Bapinder's awesome. So Bapinder's is excited because I just was able to give him a commercial. So uh, Colin, just make sure your
1: voice is back. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yep. Okay. Definitely. I think there's a little bit. It, okay, I think there's a little bit of a delay, so I have to make sure I pause in between. So, uh, I think we're just we're talking about um, kind of the latest with uh, kind of what's going on with the uh, kind of spam filters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not the uh, deliverability guru, um, but I think you know there's a lot of things. Obviously, just the basic technical setup of your DMARC and SPF records, all of that stuff's important, you know, I think, Uh, It might be kind of obvious, but not using your primary domain for sending out, you know, cold outreach. Uh, You know, those are kind of the the basics. Uh, But then there's a couple other things like, you know, not sending too many emails too fast, right? So uh, if it's a fairly new domain and you should be warming that up, Uh, you know, you're going to want to start sending maybe 20 emails a day, slowly scale up to you know 40, then 100 plus. So those are some of the uh, you know basics around deliverability. Uh, but then there's also the fact that you don't want to be sending a lot of the emails that all look exactly the same, right? So personalized emails are going to help with deliverability as well. Building up enough positive sentiment where people aren't marking you as spam uh, over time. Those are all things that are going to help.
0: Awesome. Very cool. And then if you are um, kind of I'll say, I I call it being put in jail, but kind of spammed. How long does that take, how long are you in uh, jail for?
1: Oh, I I don't know. I think, you know, once you, once you burn a domain, I think you're better off just uh, moving to a new one.
0: Yeah. But, but if you're a real company, you know, if you're kind of ServiceNow or Dell, you know, how how can you, you I mean, how
1: how can you, how is it possible to properly police? Ah, uh, properly police as far as so you don't get put in jail or getting out of jail yeah. if you've gotten jail. Yeah, getting out of jail, right? I mean, yeah. I, you know, I've never really gone down that path of of. Uh, so I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure if it's if it's your primary domain, then yeah, you've got to figure out how to build that domain reputation up again. Um, and I've definitely talked to some folks that have ran into those types of problems. But as far as how do you get a domain back into kind of good standing that is you know, on some of those spam lists, I'm not entirely sure.
0: Well, uh, all right. So from uh, Bapinder a uh, question from cold calling to lead generation management. Are there any tools or systems that you use or recommend? You touched on a little bit before, but maybe uh, uh, anything else?
1: Yeah. I mean, Apollo, Nooks. Um, I mean, there there's a ton of them out there. Uh, Randy, you may even have some suggestions of, of, you know, some of the revenue teams that you, you know, speak with regularly, what they're using.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. I think first is making sure that you've got the right kind of operational process. So, uh, good, good TIP for converters. So a lot of times, especially these large companies, um, you would think getting a lead in that it would kind of go through smoothly, but really making sure that you have a, good kind of handoff within the system. So when the lead comes in, which could be a lot of different ways that then sales is on it and the you know ball doesn't get dropped, I'll say, you know, say between, uh, you know, kind of sales and marketing. And then, um, I, I mentioned already a little bit before with, uh, Modigi and a phone ready leads and a lot of it too, is just making sure you're you know properly trained, which, um, kind of a Sandler, uh, Octus can as, as well. And, um, with uh, from a coaching side, take take a gong, uh, you know, kind of just the you know call recording, getting feedback, and kind of w- what things are and kind of h- how it goes. So those, those are a few, and I'm sure I'm for, forgetting some other ones. So, uh, Pinder, thanks so much for that. So uh, just kind of wrapping up here on email. So uh, it may sound goofy, but
1: kind of subject line as well. I assume makes an impact. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of short subject lines, like one, two, three words at the most. But doesn't
0: that, um, like say if it's uh, for Gong, if I'm saying, okay, Gong helping ServiceNow sell more. So in your definition, that would be kind of too long, right?
1: Yeah, I would prefer just sell more, right? And sort of like, try to catch their attention. The point of the subject line is to get them to read the email, right? So you want to intrigue them to just open the email. Um, Sometimes if you put a little too much in there, then... Um, you've sort of you know given them too much where they may feel that not necessarily uh, intrigued enough to open the email, right? Each line of your email is to get them to read the next line, right? Yep.
0: Got it. And then um, kind of from a messaging, I'm you know kind of big on kind of as an example, kind of what's the value, right? So you should have things that are impactful. So you know if you're with the CFO, and I say if you're in the elevator and you got. Fifteen seconds, kind of. What are you going to say? It's not a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo. It's are you going to help generate generate revenue? Kind of save money, get a competitive advantage. Um, what's your thoughts on on that and other messaging aspects?
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. As long as it's not coming off as too pitchy, right? You can. Um, pose a question that aligns with some goals that you think that they might have. You can, you know, uh, mention a few things that you are hearing from other CROs, sales leaders, and ask them if it's relevant or not. Um, And then, you know, to kind of wrap it up, I think, where a lot of people go wrong um, is is you want to have more of a soft call to action right where you know hey randy is is this something that 's relevant to you, or are you interested in learning more, or does this sound like it 's worth a chat um, you don 't want to ask for the meeting you don 't want to send a calendar link, any of those kind of things um, where it, you know that I still su- see people surprisingly do today, uh, which is super ineffective, and also help. Uh, you know, if you're dropping links in there, that's also going to hurt with deliverability as well.
0: Gotcha. So if I debate you a little bit, and it's fine, it's fine if we disagree. If somebody, if it's something that they're going to be of interest, have interest in, and say, you know, we would love to set set up a meeting with you. You know, here, here's my calendar. Feel free to pick time here. Doesn't that, if the person's interested on the other side, doesn't that help to avoid kind of some additional back and forth or no?
1: Uh, it, it, it does, but sending a link will definitely uh, hurt deliverability. And, you know, I think part of it is that. Um, for you know, somebody with you like you, where you're very busy, you want to be super efficient, that approach may be a better approach. Um, but you know, person to person and making sure that your email even gets read is kind of more of a priority than it getting caught in spam. Because if you're sending that link across, there's a lot of people that are just never even gonna get the chance to even read that email. Gotcha. And it may be a little
0: different too. So say when I'm doing kind of outreach on behalf of sponsors or clients they already either know me or know of me. So that would kind of, I'd say, increase the likelihood of being positive as opposed to being pure cold, you know, pure, pure cold of them not knowing me or knowing the company or anything like that. So it's probably a difference as well.
1: Yeah, and if it's like a one-off email and it's a warm intro or referral, something like that, and you're trying to be efficient, um, by all means, no problem with that. But more like cold outbound at scale, You know, in a sequence, you want to avoid some of that stuff.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And um, as I said before, if there's any other questions or comments, anybody watching or listening along, feel free to uh, chime in. Uh, And what about we're on a podcast now. So, uh, what are your thoughts on leveraging uh, podcasts?
1: Yeah. I think podcasts are a great way to be different and stand out, right? Maybe there's a CRO that you're, you know, trying to build a relationship with. quick, easy way to do that is maybe get them booked on a podcast. Maybe you build a network of folks that have sales revenue podcasts. Um, and you can you know, basically say, Hey, I think Randy would be great on your podcast. Right? That's a great way to build a relationship with a CRO. Um, another way you could leverage podcasting is having your own podcast. Inviting people on that you want to build relationships with. Um, it's a strategy I've used in the past and have driven lots of lots of revenue doing that. Um, uh, another hack, if you're like, oh, those seem a little bit too difficult, um, is you can go to a site like Listen Notes or Podchaser. Uh, you can search uh, your prospect's name. See if they've appeared on any podcasts, um, and then that's an easy way to reach out to them and say, "Hey, Randy, you know, I heard you on this particular podcast. Really love this, you know, thing that you were talking about there. Maybe give some of your perspective on it." Uh, and you know, from there, that would be how you would approach your outreach and personalization with that specific person.
0: I'm going to write that down. So, listen notes, and what's the other one? Pod Chaser. All right. Cool. Yeah, so it's interesting for the ones that we've done, yeah. Obviously, you can go to sales community, um, or you can just do uh say in the case for you, Colin Mitchell, t- excuse me, tech sales insights, then you can go see. But we've done, yeah, you know, for those that are in the kind of sales game or selling to these uh, tech company, go to market executives. We've done 157 of the of these podcasts. And um, you know, I'm amazed by you know, talking to some of my friends, I said, hey, I would have thought more people would have come, be, you know, coming after me ma- mentioning it. So we obviously have a good following, but you think, you know, people should be, uh, you know, doing, doing that even, even more.
1: Or, uh, or even just looking, listening to the episodes and then reaching out to your guests and saying, right. Hey, I heard you, um, you know, with Randy on the Tech Sales Insights podcast. Yeah. Really loved your perspective right. on this. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, not to be critical, but again, it was, you know, some of the clients I have, I'll be like, okay, well I had, so John Byrne, right. Who's the a president at Dell on, you know, a few weeks ago, like, okay, we're trying to sell to Dell probably would be a good idea for you to go do that. And probably would be a good idea for you already know that if you, again, are kind of doing your homework. But anyway, um, and what about uh, video personalized video? I get, I get some of those. I think those are kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I like, I mean, video and email is great. Again, you're sending a link there. So don't recommend it in like your first touch. Um, But let's say you get a response, you get a reply. Uh, Replying with a video is is a great way to start to build rapport and trust with that particular prospect. Um, I'm a big fan of using video across social. Uh, So if you send a connection request to somebody, they accept that connection request. The first interaction uh, would be you sending them a video? These videos don't need to be long. They don't need to be a long sales pitch. You're taking that same you know formula of adding value, being relevant, personalizing it, and really trying to you know condense it into like 30, 45 seconds. Um, that's how uh, video is is most effective.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll get some on, on LinkedIn, and I right, I was getting enough of them, so I'll you know kind of click on, and you can kind of tell which ones are kind of really genuine, customized, or they're just generic. But to your point before, personalizing, you think, okay, would again, I could be wacky because I actually look and pay attention to these things and answer and whatnot. But you know, if you can take the time, if somebody's going to take the time to personalize anything based on me for video and ask for a quick call, I'll be like, yeah, I'll do that. So um, are there tricks I would imagine similar to how you're personalizing um, email to how you'd personalize video or are there differences there?
1: I think the, the, the general like framework is pretty much the same, but there's a few things that you want to do. Like, um, (laughs) <laughs> this is not a good example. I, I was uh, technically challenged today. So I'm joining this from my phone. But I think number one, like if you're going to be doing videos, make sure you have a good setup, make sure you have a good mic setup, you know, don't make, sh- make sure you don't have your dirty laundry in the in the background when you're sending these videos. Um and you know, make sure you're smiling. You're making good eye contact with the camera. Um, another little thing that people don't necessarily think about is when you're using these video tools. You know, doesn't matter which one they it is. There's a big play button in the center of the video, and so uh, you want to make sure when you are uh, starting out your video you kind of stand out of frame so they actually can see your face and not just a big play button on your face so those are small little details that can add up to um, you know larger conversions of your videos actually getting clicked through uh, and then actually converting you know to meetings and conversations with your prospects
0: gotcha but it is crazy to think about it. we had some of the technical challenges with your uh, computer but yeah you're on a phone now and you know whoever thought yeah, you know, pre-COVID, right? You'd be doing a podcast on a phone. I know,
1: I know. It wasn't my preference, but my Mac was not cooperating today. And uh, I'm glad we were able to make it happen, even though it wasn't the most ideal tech setup. Yeah, worked out great.
0: Any other best practices to be uh, successful
1: with uh, Outbound? Uh, yeah, I think integrating social. Integrating social is important. A uh, couple tips on social. Just don't do what everybody else is doing, right? Connect and pitch with these long messages and a calendar link. Uh, we see it all day. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, the main way to win with leveraging social, like a platform like LinkedIn, is you're, you know, building relationships. You're trying to get conversations started. You're nurturing these. Um, you know, don't be the guy or gal that connects with somebody and then five seconds later sends a three paragraph pitch, pitch with a calendar link. You know, same philosophy and framework here of, you know, be personalized, be relevant, add value, you know, soft call to actions. Those are really, you know, how you're going to win with social. Uh, If you're doing any sort of outreach on social, posting content regularly is going to help. You know, uh, you appear as an authority in your space, you posting stuff that's relevant to the people that you're connecting and building your network around as well.
0: Or or at least perceptions reality, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
0: think you know. Uh, And I saw your... There's a recent program called uh, LinkedIn Top Voice. Um, I got it as well, but actually, I I don't know anything about it. And I saw you post it. So uh, maybe tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I've been... I mean, I've been posting regularly on this platform Geez, for probably four years. I mean, I've been on the platform for a while, got really active about four years ago. Um, You know, sometimes I get frustrated with the LinkedIn platform, to be honest. I don't know that the top voice gives me any extra juice on the platform or anything like that. Uh, but you know, there is a lot of you know awesome people like yourself that have got you know into this program. You know, uh, they basically told us we get you know uh, a lot of the new features and functionality. Top voices will get first. Um, we get kind of some insider information from the community, the LinkedIn community uh, folks, um, and that's that's about all I know about it so far.
0: All right, cool. One of my pet peeves when you do the LinkedIn Lives, they have a max of a thousand invites that you can do per week, yeah, and and then it doesn't tell all it, for who's invited. All it does, it shows you like forty, so you have no idea um, how many you're at in in doing these invites. But anyway, that's old, old news. Um, what about um, kind of going through your uh, career here? Uh, any one or two mentors in particular that have had an effect on you and uh, advice that you've received?
1: Uh, I haven't had a a ton of mentors, but I could tell you, you know, um, from that first sales job that I had, I learned a lot of bad habits in selling that I had to unlearn. You know, I was a, you know, your typical, very aggressive commission breath uh, salesperson. Um, And there's been people that I've followed, books that I've read, podcasts and such where, you know, I learned a, a different way of selling that's, you know, been very beneficial.
0: Awesome. What about uh, advice to your younger self?
1: Advice to my younger self. That's always an interesting question. Um, I I would say it's okay to be patient. (laughs) I still struggle with patience, you know, when, as far as um, in business.
0: Yep, totally. Um, And then uh, AI always comes up. You touched on a little bit before. Anything else that you're doing or leveraging on the AI front?
1: Um I think that you know where what I think the what was kind of last year you're seeing a lot of AI products being launched right some gimmicky some good some not um but I think what's you know getting more interesting is you're starting to see you know chief AI roles and companies really trying to figure out how to roll it out to their uh you know to their to their employees and so I think that's what's going to really continue um, this year is more people figuring out how to enable um, an AI strategy, you know, within their revenue org. Gotcha. And any uh, pet peeve? I've mentioned some of my pet peeves. Any
0: pet peeves that you have relative to just, just kind of sales in general these days?
1: Um, I think exactly. I think you know the one that you mentioned. I'm also somebody who picks up my phone pretty much always if I'm not in a meeting, and it's when people call. And literally have no idea who they're talking to, why they're calling me. Um, it's just lazy, and you know, it's like really pointless to be making cold calls just for the sake of getting an activity. You know, I think the way the general rule of thumb here is with outbound, like less is more. People often think like, you know, we need to make more calls, and you really just need to make the right calls and do it in a more effective way.
0: Yeah, but the, so on the one hand, you feel I feel bad for those individuals because they just have crappy coaching, right? So their leadership and the coach. So there's somebody that has this metric of, okay, it's all about the number of dials and all about number of pickups. But then to your point, they're not ro- worried about the quality of it. So you know, from a leadership perspective, that's really where that's flawed, right? Exactly. Yeah, it starts with the top. Crazy. And then what about within um, kind of SDR organizations or BDR organizations these days? any Any things in particular where you think they're kind of flawed or could do different or better?
1: I think that we're seeing a lot of those teams smaller than they used to be. Um, and we're also starting to see kind of the the comeback of the full cycle rep and you know aes having a certain quota of self-sourcing. Uh, their own deals as well, which which I think is great, um, and I think that's a shift that we're all, we're all seeing across the board. Yeah, totally.
0: All right. Um, so you've been awesome. Really appreciate
1: it. Any uh, closing remarks? No. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm glad we were able to make it happen, even with the uh, technical challenges that we had. We we really made. Uh, Tucker, work hard today before we we hopped on here. Uh, but glad we were able to figure it out, and appreciate you bringing me on the show. Awesome. And uh, next
0: week we had to do a little swap with uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, he's the chief operating officer at IBM Consulting. He's got a small uh, small team of I think about one hundred sixty thousand. Um, great longtime uh, tech exec. His title topic is going to be how generative AI is disrupting the IT consulting industry as we know it. Uh, so it's February 15th. Uh, February 20th, uh, you may know uh, Richard Harris, who uh, is, I love his uh, content. He's uh, got a new book hot off the press called The Seller's Journey uh, that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and then uh, February 28th, Peter Trizino, who's a uh, uh, president Dell runs the, uh, America's the North America region. His title topic is going to be culture Eat strategy for lunch. So, and a lot, lot of other great, uh, speakers lined up. If you want, you can go and see, uh, embarrassingly enough, we're booked up now, uh, every week, uh, for, uh, o- o- over the next, uh, six years. So, um, who knows what I'm going to be doing six, six years from now. But, um, for those that are members of the sales community, thanks. Tucker's got the link up there and uh for converters sponsoring this thank you so much and uh colin when we cut off here if you, you can stay on and we can do a quick recap everybody have a great week thanks happy selling